Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we've got a few things to talk about this week. Um, first, a couple of quick notes, uh, and then, so we were supposed to hear from Daniel Arias today. He somehow got away. That happens sometimes. Wound up with Brendan Rice instead. So, heard from Brendan Rice, heard from Carl Durrell, and also heard from Mark Perry, who, I mean, all of them had some interesting things to say. Um, we're getting into all that stuff, but first I feel like the big news today, the buff soccer team made it into the NCAA tournament. Um, not going to lie me personally. I didn't think it was going to happen. You know, you go through the numbers and say, okay, this year the, the field is cut from 64 to 48. And the reason of course is COVID and they all go one place and they just can't coordinate another 16 soccer teams. Um, but because of that cut, now you still have 31 automatic qualifiers, but instead of having what 33 at large bids, you're down to 17. Wow, should have taken notes on that math. Um, but the point is, Colorado at RPI rank number 36 was right on the cut. And when you like run through the conference champions, it's like, ah, it looks like they're right outside. No. Turns out they got in uh, the one of five Pac-12 teams in the tournament. They're going to open against, um, oh, wow, South Alabama. There we go. South Alabama next Tuesday night. So be prepared for that. Um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Um, after that, though, by the way, might as well just dig in while we're here. They have a pretty nice draw if we're being honest. So in the second round, they would play Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has a bye. That's how they cut 16 teams out. 16 teams got buys. Um, and Oklahoma State, 10 seed in the tournament, good soccer program. You know, RPI, 24, I believe, right around there. So, uh, you know, you, you win the first game, and all of a sudden it's down to 32. Win the second, you're in the Sweet 16. Then you just need a little magic from there. Um, it was a big win for them on Friday. Let's see, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that was Friday um, against Utah. Libby Garrity with the goal on senior day. That's exciting. And uh, yeah, very excited for soccer again next Tuesday um, in the NCAA tournament. And uh, we, we've got something kind of cool coming later on this week. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Um before we get into all the football stuff, um, I've got to say a few words about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XOs. 
Um, the Colorado XOs are a rugby team here in Colorado. They train at the Rugby Town National Training Center out in Glendale, Colorado. You may have guessed that is where the national team trains. Um, the idea is to take athletes from other sports, um, a lot of football players, uh, basketball, all those other sports that exist too, and then try to get them to the point where they're ready to play on the national team. So far in their first season, things are going well. They're three and one. Um, so, so stay tuned with DMVR Rugby, the, the podcast, um, DMVR Rugby on Twitter, uh, and of course the written content at thedmvr.com. It's cool stuff. All right, um, into these football notes. Start with Carl. Carl was in a very good mood, um, which I mean is usually the case. Sometimes he's like a little quiet, you know. But but today, very. Uh, he was he was excited actually. So so Dave Platty, um, he is what the associate athletic director of sports information, I believe. I feel like we play this game like once a month where I try to guess his title instead of just saying Dave Platty. Um, but there you go, uh, him. So he coordinates the calls. His birthday. Uh, first of all, Brian Howell came on with like the Beatles birthday song, which was pretty good. Carl pulled up to the podium and sang maybe not the entire happy birthday song. But he got most of the way through, and yeah, it, it was a good day. Um, here's what he had to say about football, though. He said, good Monday practice. Um, and he said, remember a, a few weeks ago when I said that was a bad Monday, um, which I remember, and we talked at length about on the podcast about, you know, sometimes those happen, you don't love it, but... Uh, well, what Carl had to say was, this team really responded to that criticism. Um, they've stepped it up. And I'm really pleased with the progress we're making. Um, the young players are still swimming, but at the same time, he says you can see the skill set developing. Um, and then he talked about Caleb Fourier in particular, uh, the tight end who will be a fan favorite. That I'm calling that right now in part because everybody remembers his father, um, who was also a tight end at CU and was very good. Um, but also because I think he's going to be really good at football. And that combination... I have a feeling it's it's going to make people pretty excited. But uh, he said, you can see the confidence growing. Um, he had the touchdown on Friday. Um, he said, similarly, Ashad was super assertive today. And, and Carl credited that to his strong performance in the scrimmage on Friday as well. Um, he said, really encouraged by where they're going. Um, there's, there were a couple of interceptions today on the defensive side. And here's what he said. He said, okay, so on the defensive side too, he went into all these details on all this stuff. Um, it was all really interesting. But he said, we had a couple of interceptions today. And the reason was because we play our defense top down. And that's something that we've heard from a couple of coaches already. Um, and he said, so the reason we play the defense top down is because of tips and overthrows. And the safeties are doing great with tips and overthrows. So obviously the way that works is if the ball gets thrown and gets tipped up in the air, it's rare that it's going to like ricochet all the way back to the quarterback. Like it usually just gets tipped and gets keeps going. Um, or just kind of like an overthrow obviously is not going to land in front of the receiver. And so because of those tips and overthrows, the idea is you stay behind all, all the other players so that the safeties in particular so that you can make a play on the ball if one of those things happens. Um, on top of that, obviously, you don't get just, like, burned if the receiver's never behind you. Um, so he kind of went through that and said, if, you know, the ball isn't on the money, then they go get the ball. They understand why we do things that way, 
And he talked all about how they are executing exactly that. They're, they're understanding why they're doing what they're doing, and they're doing it consistently and doing it well. And he said the offense is making those sorts of steps too. Um, and he said everything is tying together. The light bulb is glowing stronger. Such good stuff um, and so exciting to hear, I, especially on a Monday and even more so on a Monday where it's like, what time is it? Yeah, 6.30. We were supposed to stop driving on the roads like an hour and a half ago. Looking out the window at the end of April and seeing that. Okay, let's not linger on that. Point is, very nice on, on this Monday in particular to, to hear that things went well at CU's football practice. And then I say that and I'm like, well, that sounds sarcastic. But it's like, no, I it really does fix all of the other Monday problems. Um, he was asked quickly, like, um, do you wish there were 20 practices still instead of 15? And he was like, yes, of course, definitely. And he's like, but the players would say no. Um, what he, and that's such a, that's such an, uh, like NFL coach response. It's like, well, I mean, that's not going to happen. The players would never let that happen. Meanwhile, college coaches, you, they, they have all the power. Players do not have any power in college football. It does not matter whether the players want more practices or not. What matters is whether the coaches get together with whatever committee they get together with and say, hey, we need to do this for this reason. And then that's all that happens. There isn't, there isn't like a players association. And so, I mean, I don't know. it is obviously like very good to hear that he cares about what the players want. Um, but I mean, you could tell that he's but an NFL guy, of course, it would be really exciting. Players would say no, because that's how it goes in the NFL. Those are the conversations that are constantly being had in the NFL. Um, well, can't do this without the players. And there's half the, half the league isn't going to the whatever, not mandatory. What's the word for not mandatory? Um, wow. This is tough. Um, wow. What is that? What do they call those? Pra- Point is the practices they don't have to go to. Um, like half the league isn't going to, it's like, well, they, they aren't mandatory. They're this other word. And, uh, we got to move on. Cause I can't, I can't keep thinking about what that word is. Um, he did add from that though. Like the young players are ten- trending in the right direction. And these days are so valuable for them. Uh, from there asked about COVID and whether that is, uh, still a problem. The answer. Yes. Uh, he says it's still an issue. Um, it's not the same issue that it was in the fall, but they are still testing every day. They do the antigen test on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They do the saliva on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And he says a handful of guys right now either have it or had it recently. And they're still going through the process to return to the field. You know, you have to, it's not just like, Oh, I feel better time to go play football. It's like the date that this happened was then. And now you have to wait this many days which, I mean, we're a year into this. I don't need to be saying stuff like that. Um, he said the goal, though, and this is where things kind of got interesting. He said he they're, they're trying really hard to get the whole team to have their first shot of the vaccine by the end of spring ball. Um, with the idea being once you get the first one in, they can go wherever they need to go, whether they're staying in Boulder, whether they're going back home to wherever, and they can get the second shot there. Um, and he says the goal is to get everybody vaccinated by June. Um, the reason being like they start doing some summer work, um, but also because, and this just came out since the last time we talked, um, but the recruiting will be allowed um, back in June. Like the full recruit, the dead, the dead period will end at the end of May. Um, so that's the goal. 
That way they don't have to go through all the things that they have to go through every day before practice. Um, from there, uh, he was asked about the depth along the defensive line. Um, and <laughs> this one took a turn in, in the middle of the answer. All, all positive, all positive. But he said, you know, Naeem Rodman's and good. Uh, Janaz Jordan had some like flu stuff, but he's been really good. Mentioned that he, uh, you can tell that he could be a really good player once he gets back, gets into either, I can't remember if it was back into shape or just in better shape in general. Um, Austin Williams said something similar, but still just listing games, guys' names saying these guys are doing very well. Justin Jackson, um, he says that they see their progress as well, and all of them really are getting so much better. Um, when Jeremiah gets back, Jeremiah Doss, uh, he adds depth. Um, and they said, uh, and this was the turn, we only have three to five players who are healthy on the defensive line. It's like, wh wait, what? <laughs> three to five? Um so again, according to Chris Wilson, it's like a base nothing. And so they're, they can do basically anything. And I guess right now they aren't playing a whole lot of defensive linemen. But if you think of, you know, there's the 3-4 and the 4-3 and the minimum defensive lineman you have is three. Um, so when you say three to five players, what if it's three and do they just play every snap? Kind of crazy. But he said, you know, thank God for the outside linebackers playing the edge. It's like, yeah. Um, Obviously, the tone of the answer makes you think that all those guys will, will be nothing is all that serious. Um, but good to hear positive reports. Maybe not great to hear that only three to five defensive linemen are able to practice. Um, he was asked about, you know, kind of energy at practice and potentially like maybe because you didn't have spring last year, shortened season, all that kind of stuff. And you say everybody is chopping at the bit. Everybody is getting a ton of reps this spring, even if they're a walk-on. Everybody's engaged. Um, and he said, and this is something we've heard over and over and over again, spring is about depth. And we are so far ahead of where we were in the fall. Um, there's more to be done, but we like where we're at. Um, so we, we learned on Friday that Jared Broussard has a sprained ankle. And it's it, again we we're told not that serious likely back this week um he was asked about that today and carl said we're taking jarek day by day um he was in a walking boot i think last week uh to to get the swelling down um but he's out of the boot he did some stuff on the side today he might do more on wednesday and if he does that then he might be able to play in the scrimmage on friday so i mean you don't want to hear that he was in a walking boot uh but Still good stuff um, to know that there's a chance that he'll even be back for the scrimmage on Friday. Um, he was asked about Daniel Arias. So we were supposed to uh, talk to Daniel Arias today. Oh, I already said that. I already said that. We talked to Brandon Rice instead. This was when we learned there was actually not going to be Daniel. Um, that's why Brian asked the question. But uh, Carl said he's uh, he can absolutely see Daniel putting things together. He's more confident. He's more assertive. And because of that confidence, he kind of trusts himself to know what he's doing. And here's here's what you like to hear. You can see his speed now. Um, and then he went on to say, you know, he's a completely different player than what I saw in the fall. Uh, he didn't have this assertiveness. He didn't have this confidence. Um, he went up and got a jump ball in the end zone on Friday, which is what he should be good at. And, you know, we, we've had this conversation for a couple of years now, you know, Daniel Arias. He's has talent and all that sort of stuff. Just needs to go produce. And hey, 
We've also heard uh, that big things are on the way. I guess when we think about it, it, there was the hype over the summer last year. And there was obviously no spring practice. And so, I, I, I mean, it it could be, I mean, it would have to be that that hype was just built off of the traits that he has and, you know, kind of the the way things are supposed to work. You know, the, the timeline timeline that talented players usually follow. And when you see somebody who is as talented as um, Daniel is, you know, you think, okay, I mean, it's got to be close. Time to put it together, you know. Um, but I do wonder if not having spring practice last year could have kind of been the difference between him being ready or not. And, and we hear things from Carl consistently about how, like, the team is totally different um, at this point in spring camp than it was last year in fall camp. They're way ahead of where they were at, you know, week four of fall camp versus spring camp, which is huge, obviously, because that means they were two weeks away from a game back then. Um, And now they have, you know, two weeks before the spring game, a whole summer, and then another camp. Um, And you, you wonder if Daniel Arias is is kind of a part of that equation. Um, Good to hear that we're seeing things put together. But as I was saying, you know, We've heard good things about Daniel Arias in the past, and and being skeptical, not not gonna blame you. Um, personally, I'm choosing to get excited though. Um, he was asked about Mark Perry because we did hear from Mark um, again. Carl just making jokes. He's like, "Oh, I can actually see Mark Perry right over there." Uh, just looking at yeah, but um, he said his safety play is night and day different from the fall. Um, Good to hear. And that was the big line. Had some other just general positive things to say, but that was that was the best of them. Um, okay, this note says... Oh, I was like, okay, why would I have labeled this note grades? Like, because cause when do we ever hear... Gra- oh, because they're actual literal grades from school. Um, and in case you haven't heard... Oh, we've talked about this. You know, the... I can't remember if it was the athletics department or the football team. I think it was the athletics department matched like the uh, rest of the campus's GPA, which is impressive. Um, usually athletic departments lag behind. Um, there was a bunch of other good stuff that came out ab- about the football team and their grades. I think like they had their own record high GPA, that sort of stuff. And Carl said, they're starting to understand how to be competitive on and off the field. They get it. The message is getting through. Um, we are going to be great in everything that we do on campus. Um, and again, he repeated, I want our guys to be competitive on and off the field. Good stuff. Oh, and I just realized this is a good time just in case somebody doesn't make it to the end. Uh, we did get a little update on the spring game. So, you know, the, the big question, the answer everybody's waiting for, will there be fans at the spring game? Uh, we heard that, um, there have been multiple proposals submitted from CU. Um, you know, basically, I mean, I'm sure there's other things that are proposed in them, but for the most part, they're probably in in basic terms like 10,000 people, 20,000 people, 50,000 people, you know, and, and kind of saying, here's how this would work. Here's how the spacing would work. Here's how we could, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, and so they've sent those proposals to the county and it sounds like we'll be getting an answer this week as to how things are, or how many people are going to be allowed. And then from there, um, you know, if if they say we're allowed like 3000 people, well, then it's probably just going to be friends and family who are allowed in. But what we heard was it's going to be friends and family first and then season ticket holders 
and then we'll kind of open things up to everybody from there. Um, again, all of it just depends on what Boulder County decides. Uh, so there are multiple plans out there, and it sounds like one is going to get chosen this week for the spring game, which is April 30th. Yeah, I'm confident, April 30th. Took me a second, though. Um, we're going to take a quick break before we get into what Mark Perry and then Brendan Rice had to say. During that break, uh, actually, I should start by telling you about DMVR. We are a uh, sports media company covering Colorado sports. Uh, you can go to thedmvr.com and read a whole bunch of written content about all sorts of different teams and that sort of stuff. But only if you're a member. Um, on top of getting access to written content, members also get like big beers for the size of really small beers. There are exclusive deals at the DNVR locker. Um access to the members only discord oh no and i just realized i was gonna send a message in the discord uh saying all that uh stuff about the spring game so that i could say well yeah the discord heard it for actually no the podcast doesn't post it. i'm gonna pause this send it through the discord and now you know you would have had this information at least an hour earlier if you were in our discord so there you go all right, I'm back, and now the Discord knows who or what's up. Uh, so there you go, be jealous. On top of that, though, you get so many awesome things, including right now there's a good deal. Uh, if, if you get a membership that is for one year or more, you also get a free shirt from the DMVR locker. Um, there's some good buffs op options, like there's a Phil Lindsay shirt. There's a, the 6236, like Crying Nebraska Kid shirt. That one's probably my favorite. Uh, yeah, so that kind of stuff. Um, you also get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. Um, what is that, you might be asking? Holistic Wellness is a CBD company. They do really cool stuff. Um, and the stick that we send is basically like 10 milligrams of CBD. You just kind of take the top off, pour it in, stir it around, and then there you go. There's like no mess. It's super easy, and it gets really great reviews. There are other ones like for that help you sleep, that sort of stuff. Um, I think there's five or six different ones. So and you can check all that out at holisticwellness.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. Plus you can get 30% off with the code DMVR30. Um, on top of that, if you just get the DMVR membership, you get to check it out first and you also will get a special coupon to uh, Holistic Wellness. So there you go. Also, uh, Breckenridge Brewery. Um, Breck is the best. They make really good beers and, uh, they make even better seltzers in my opinion, but I'm, I'm kind of a seltzer guy. Um, what do we know? So this might be breaking news on the Buffs podcast. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell people this, uh, but we're, we're going for it. They're actually going to be Breckenridge Brewery seltzers at the DMVR bar at some point in the near future. I'm not sure what exactly that day will be, um, but I know that there was a big fight in the company Slack today about which three flavors out of the five are chosen. Because people people have really uh, gotten territorial about their seltzers in the, in the chat. Doesn't matter though. A point is they are very, very good. You're going to be able to get them soon at the DMVR bar, but if you can't wait and you really shouldn't, then uh, go to the Breckenridge Brewery website. The beer locator will tell you exactly where to pick up 
seltzers and beers and all that kind of stuff. You just put in your zip code. It shows you the map. There's like a little button. You know, it's the same button that all maps have where it says like list. And then the list button turns into map. And you can go back and forth between the list and the map with that one button. Whoever came up with that button must be a billionaire by now. Um, yeah, that's Breckenridge Brewery. Also the farmhouse down in Littleton. Really good food. Uh, one more... So the last time that Masvidal and Usman fought, they put on a show um, in the octagon. Round two is sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 26 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win during this week's UFC 261 title fight, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Um, all you have to do is bet $5 on either fighter. And if they walk out with the belt, then you cash $130 in free bets. Uh, there's seriously no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. Um, it's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code DMVR, and then when you sign up, you can turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the title contender of your choice wins. Place your bet, watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DMVR to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, next up after Carl Durrell was Mark Perry. Um, what would your first question be if you were asking Mark Perry a question? Think about it. I bet you can guess this one. Yes, about track. Uh, he's running the 100-meter dash. We've talked about this before. Um, yeah, we talked about it yesterday because we were talking about... Uh, oh, the, the new tight end. It doesn't matter. Um, point is, he said he really likes to keep himself busy, and that's what track does. And on top of that, obviously, like some things from track will really apply in football. Um, and so I asked him, you know, have, have you seen those things paying off already? And he said, yeah. Uh, I can feel it when I'm coming downfield, um, like covering the middle of the field, um, just getting at in and out of breaks. It, you can, he says he can feel the difference. He also wanted to really point out that he's only been practicing. Oh, and I should have, oh, two weeks. No, two meets he was at. He's been practicing a little bit longer than that. Actually, he may not have. Uh, point is, he hasn't been practicing long, um, and he thinks he's going to be able to cut down his time. I think what he ran a 10.65 when he won that meet. Um, so yeah, there's uh, some good stuff. Um, Brian Howell, who uh, from from the Daily Camera, if I mean if you found this podcast, you probably found it on Twitter. And if you're on Twitter and you like the buffs, you know how who Brian Howell is. Um, also, there's a bunch of other ways. But the point is, he asked, or apparently he was talking to Mark Perry back in August, um, right around the time things were shutting down. I think it was right around right when the news broke, really, that the Pac-12. Um, would not be playing a fall season. Uh, I think what they said, we will not be playing before January 1st. And then what happened? Fit half a season in before then. Um, but the point is, during that conversation, Brian said that Mark had said that he's kind of excited for the time to like 
get some action or sorry i a tweet popped up with the word action so i said that one said that was so dumb um to uh develop like some new hobbies and try some different things um and he talked a little bit about his uh his youtube channel uh he collects sneakers um and so he had, he said like yeah i had a little time oh he also said he has a clothing line in the works which is personally exciting i if if Mark Perry says like this is the type of clothing you should wear, then I'd be like, yeah, I'll I'll buy his clothes. I, I trust his fashion sense. Um, he did say though, you know, like everything kind of flipped a month later, and so there really wasn't as much time as we expected. Um, but he did say it, it was nice to like do some things outside of football. Um, he was asked about the new defense, um, and he said, you know, I'm not gonna say it's less complicated which is code for it's less complicated. Um, but it allows us to play faster. Uh, he said, you know, he played the nickel role in a complex defense as a freshman. And he said, you know, it, it was a challenge. Um, and then he said, you know, I felt like I got a hang of playing strong safety and then the world shut down. Um, so that was kind of where he was at. Um, he talked... <sighs> Well, let's save this. The best the best answer was the last one. We'll save that for later. Um, but he does say he, he's getting comfortable there um, at strong safety. Um, on Ray Robinson, the safety who we've been hearing a lot about, played linebacker, now is playing strong safety, same position as Mark. And Mark said, you know, he's been running with me the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's adjusted to safety well. Um, you know, strong safety is a part of a lot of our run fits. And obviously linebackers are a part of like all the run fits. And so having him um, back there helps because he's, you don't have to worry about him knowing that stuff. That's the stuff he's been doing for a couple of years. Um, and he said, he's also a very good communicator. Um, so there's some good stuff there. Uh, he was asked about playing two sports while also going to school. And he said, you know, it can be hard to balance, but it's not all that bad in the off season. Uh, in the regular season, it'll be harder. And what he said was right now really just kind of feels like the regular season, um, even though it is the off season because you have spring football, which is, you know, kind of like half of the time it takes to play football. Um, and then you have track, which is also, you know, if you're doing it the way Mark Perry does, you know, a lot of the workouts kind of cross out. It's also kind of like half a sport. So there you go. Um, that's what that feels like. And then final question. Uh, I think it was Brian Howell again saying, what's on the line this year? And he said, you know, I'm going to be honest. Last year might have been one of my worst years playing football ever. Uh, it really bothered me. I wasn't making plays. I was leaving plays out there. And then he said, I want to show people I'm not a bust. Which is, I don't know. I mean, you you don't really put yourself in like every player's shoes all that often. Um, interesting though, because he was, so he was a freshman the year Davion Taylor was the starting star. And then he had last year, and now he's going into year three. Um, and he said, you know, this year's important. This spring is important. Uh, the spring game is important. Everything is important, and I can't take it for granted. Um, that is the attitude you want. Um, also, I don't. I just want to go on record saying I don't think he's a bust. I don't think that's a surprise because I don't have many like negative thoughts about most of this team. I mean, how could you? They went four and two after you know the the. That is a step in the right direction. That was that was good work. Um, but yeah, interesting to see that he feels that way. But he did say, like, you know, there's a chip on my shoulder. And, you know, chip on the shoulder is usually not a bad thing to have. Uh, from there, we talked to Brendan Rice. Um, 
I think so when he got on Dave Platty, uh, happy birthday to, to him, by the way, uh, still, but, uh, he said, and here is bread and rice better known as Utah's worst nightmare. And, uh, I thought that was pretty good. I, and it makes you think, you know, isn't it, wouldn't that be nice? Like what, what if Brendan Rice is Utah's worst nightmare? Because that's been a, that's been a struggle for Colorado. And again, I don't know historically, but it seems like, you know, at least the last couple seasons, you've got that Utah game at the end and you didn't win. Um, and, and now that that's happening back to back seasons in these snowy games with something on the line in both of them, I think either, either one of them, you win and you make it into the, or I guess, this year you win, and would they have gone to the Pac-12 title game? Because they would have been, f- maybe they, I I think they wouldn't have, but it would have caused an, an uproar. Um, the year before, they would have made it to a bowl game. Uh, and so, because that is like the, the manufactured rivalry that the, the Pac-12 has chosen for Colorado, and again, it, it makes absolute sense for them to choose that, um, because what are you going to do? Say like, oh, this this Colorado USC rivalry, you know that's that's the one we need to focus on. Um, how about how about uh, Utah? You can be rivals with UCLA. No, you're not going to split up USC and UCLA. You're not going to split up the Arizona schools. They're they're two schools that don't have anybody else in their state. And guess what? Their states just happen to be right next to each other. Um, manufactured rivalries, dumb. But when the rest of the conference has a real rivalry and they're going to be playing those games at the end of the season, the last week of the season. For the for the most part, I guess. No, no, I think that is true. They all are, aren't they? I was thinking Oregon, Oregon State, whatever they call that now is uh, potentially an early season thing, but it wasn't last year. I don't think, maybe it isn't. Maybe they are all. The point is, when everybody's playing each other, there's two teams left, and that means you're going to play at the end of the season every year. And uh, that that's a game that is going to be meaningful more often than not. At least if you're, I mean, it's going to be meaningful every single time if you're a strong program and that's where Colorado's trying to go. Uh, point is, if Brendan Rice could be known as the guy who just torches Utah, that'd be a nice guy to have. In fact, that might be like the guy you choose. Maybe, I guess you'd probably look at like, I would rather have somebody who just tears USC apart. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, we spent too long on that. Um, he said, yeah, everybody in the receiver's room wants everybody to be great. Uh, sure, it's competition, but the it's positive energy everybody is helping each other you learn from each other's faults and from their greatness the idea is to make everybody better um he said that um confidence is important and the confidence that he gained from the touchdown last season was really big for him and he felt like he was kind of a different player than there um he actually started the answer by saying on being under the wing of katie nixon and vante and all them um you learn that confidence is everything. And then he brought up, you know, Chad Ochocinco. Um, you know, if you don't have confidence, you really can't play that position. It's true. I, I, I mean, people like to say mean things to receivers because of their personalities, but they wouldn't be in that position if not for their personality. Same thing at corner. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, Aqib Tlaib, all those guys. Richard Sherman. The great cornerbacks are guys who the other team really hates playing against because they're good and because they just piss you off. Um, that battle out there is all about confidence. You're on an Island. Um, he's right. Um, he was asked whether he wants to be the punt returner. And, <laughs> and he said, I, I don't mind punt return. 
Um, I'll do what the coaches need me to do. I'm more of a kick return guy, though. Just the way the ball turns and it moves in the air. He's explosive. He is a very explosive player. Um, And I would love to see him take kick returns and punt returns. Um, Interesting to see. I guess the... A lot of programs, you know, like Bama's known as, you know, even the stars play special teams. And it make honestly, it makes sense in the college level. Because, I mean, you look at Colorado, how many guys do they have um, that, that get drafted and are seen as players who don't need to play special teams? You know, LaVisca Chenault, if, if he was, I don't know. He, he's very clearly one of the guys you don't play on special teams. Um, even as a rookie, I mean, uh, uh, as a returner you do, not unlike coverage and that kind of stuff because he is a valuable asset, second-round pick. But for the most part, I mean, Davion Taylor, third-round pick, special teams. Third round on, you've got to be able to play special teams. And you'd think that you'd want to put on tape that you can play special teams. Um, I do wonder, though, because there there's like the Nick Saban approach, which is, if you're a good player, you play special teams. And you see that at a lot of the Blue Bloods. Um, other places say, well, we can't let our good players get hurt sprinting down the field at e- the other team's players. So, so I don't know. Um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. I can't remember what Carl did last year. Um, I'm going to check that out. I'm trying to remember. Because there was like the, the Jalen Sami tackle on a punt return um, that, that was like, fun because he was getting downfield so he the fact that he was in the game yeah i I would say things go that way uh and then it's relevant to brendan because obviously if you're just out there trying to protect your best players at some point brendan should be one of your best players in that case he shouldn't be on special teams even as a returner and you know that's the way visca was handled i think what visca visca took one kick return his uh his final year in boulder and it was late in the game when they needed a spark and it was a, it was a fantastic return. Had he realized that somebody was chasing him down and that guy eventually punched that ball out. Um, so I don't know. Interesting stuff. Um, he was asked about his, uh, he, he tweeted an announcement earlier this year saying that he was officially, um, switching or, or transferring from, uh, PlayStation to Xbox. Or maybe it was Xbox to PlayStation. The point is, it was a great joke. Um, and he said, you know what? I love Boulder. I'll never leave. Um, you know, this is just such a great place. He listed a bunch of the coaches, obviously including Chev, Demetrius Martin, uh, Carl Durrell. They can all help me. Um, and he said, Boulder is everything to me. And I'm just thankful, honestly. So that's that's good stuff. Not that I thought he was like a threat to transfer anyway, but there you go. Um so what's it like with the the pressure of, of having the Rice name? Uh, a question that he's gotten pretty good at answering. Uh, he said, there isn't any pressure. Um, that's that's a different player than me. You know, I, he, he mentioned earlier, um, you know, that he did kind of grow up in a, in a shadow. Um, it's not like he grew up on a pedestal. He didn't say that, but I'll say it. Um, and he said uh, he wants to learn... Um, and, and that's what he's focused on. And he is lucky. He said that he, he gets to learn from the people he learned, he learns from, you know, talks a lot with Brandon Marshall, with Chad Ochocinco, um, and all those guys. Uh, and then he was asked, you know, who, who really stands out to you as guys that you want to learn from in the NFL? Um, he basically listed all the good receivers, the order though. I mean, he started with DK Metcalf, which is 
a decent comparison, really. You know, big-bodied receiver who um, can can just fly. Um, so there you go. But from there, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Odell. Um, and you said, you know, there's different things that different people are good at. Tries to piece them together. There you go. Um, that is... I think that's everything for today. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. I thought I had something fun planned. Oh, I remember. We have something fun planned for Thursday. Um, but then we'll, we'll talk tomorrow. We'll talk on Wednesday um, about uh, the the practice on Wednesday. We'll do something fun on Thursday. And then on Friday, um, we'll, there's another scrimmage. So we'll talk about that. Week four of five weeks of spring football. It's been a lot of fun. It's going to keep being a lot of fun. And again, Everything is positive. And, and you can, I don't know. It's easy to say, of course things are positive because why would they say that things are going horribly? Like that's a terrible look for a coach. Yeah, but when the coach is a half step away from like giggling when he's talking about how well things are going, you believe it. And that's basically where we're at um, a lot of the time with Carl. And it's good to see, especially after, you know, we talked about some of those conversations from, uh, you know, like base like a month after the Alamo Bowl where he's talking about, you know, I, I haven't stopped thinking about all the things that we need to do to get better and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, he was not this happy and energetic. So, again, words are words, but also I don't think he could fake being this excited about things. Um, that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. See you guys then. I think I like my Colorado sway Cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go You know I'm acting bad Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway My Colorado sway My Colorado sway I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway My Colorado sway My Colorado sway Might not swear I think they like my Colorado sway My Colorado sway is pushing 180 Speed and pad competition See you later, baby Colorado Army With soldiers like the Navy And voters where we stationed Patiently awaiting When I hit the field It's so hard to behave I'm Colorado swagging As the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes I can tell that you afraid Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya, hit ya You on your own now Why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next and we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring Throwing blows, knocking down team after team I think they like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag
your Bible. Great big blindside, flatline, no revival. Get them thoughts, get them thoughts, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. like my Colorado sway, cause when I'm in it, play.